0: What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff?
1: It um oh it's uh one fifteen slash four fifteen on a Thursday.
0: I am also recording. It is one fifteen slash four fifteen on a yes. Thursday.
1: Yes. What an odd morning I've had. I disrupted my regular programming to have a different kind of morning.
0: And I feel a little bit out of sorts, I have to say. Well, it is suggested in this time of decontextualization that you have a plan and scramble it. So...
1: Really? Scramble it? Yes.
0: It is uh, from a psychological perspective as uh, this time of, you know, well, everything's sort of slowly reopening, maybe people are going back to work, but... Um, uh, because of time disorder, just literal temporal disorder happening as one is like, "What am I doing? I'm not going to my job. I, where am I? What's happening?" That yes, having some plan is great, but if you scramble it each day, if you let's you take a walk in the morning and so you decide to take it at night, it helps the brain become more in the moment and have each day not slide into one long gray Uh, mess
1: interest that makes a lot of sense and the Um, other suggestion
0: is to try to have a novel experience uh meaning like
1: (laughs) how novel yeah
0: which i think is in this time a real like does that mean like for me i guess that might mean trying to watch a movie that has male leads in it or something
1: or just a movie that's not one of the five that gonna, you Right, right you know,
0: sure, that's... sure, any, any of them, yes.
1: Yeah, I had a novel experience today and I scrambled my day, so I'm on a roll. All of the psychiatrists of the world should applaud me. Well,
0: maybe just for um, this. <laughs> right.
1: I, yeah. I woke up very early um, in order to get the proofing bagels out of the refrigerator. Um, and then... I FaceTimed Russell and we we continued with the process of making these bagels. And then um, an hour later, I was literally eating a bagel with cream cheese that I made with my hands. And um, that felt good. How was it? It was actually delicious. I mean, not as maybe delicious as uh, a perfect New York bagel, but definitely right. better than a lender's bagel, you know, and better sure, than like,
0: sure. well, that's,
1: better right. than a bad like deli bagel, let's say. Right. Right. So, and then I brought one over to Jane and at that point I was, I was late to start Cunningham. So rather than panic, I just said, you know what? Cunningham class is going to still be up on the Instagram or site after 10 AM. So at 11, I got ready and I took, Andrea Weber's Cunningham class I have to warn everybody that Instagram has changed something where if somebody put up a live video before you could click on their story and it'd be an option to watch it once it had already happened no more now that live video becomes a part of their feed as an Instagram TV whatever anyways don't panic
0: I did now I know I think that also might have been a choice, that's a choice you do after you record a live.
1: It's not, it's no longer a choice, it's a, it's a, um, mandatory,
0: you Oh, if you want to keep it.
1: Right, if you want to keep it, it goes right. Cause to... Right,
0: because I do a lot of lives that I just immediately delete. Right,
1: it goes to IGTV right. if you want to keep it now, rather than just okay. being up in your stories.
0: Hmm. Um,
1: I also scrambled my day last night by going to bed extremely late, because, um... I saw a post about, um, my God, my brain, it's insane. Larry Kramer died. Okay. Correct. And someone said, oh, there's this really fun video where Larry Kramer and Anthony Fauci spar on some cable news show in the early nineties. And I said, I'm going to watch that. It's not on YouTube. You have to find it on the internet. It was CNBC and it's an interview show where Dr. Fauci is being interviewed and Larry Kramer is being interviewed via satellite. And it is a delight. And people call in and are horribly racist in 19 or not. Well, they're bigots and racists in 1993. And um, Dr. Fauci and and Larry Kramer have the most charming relationship imaginable. I was I was swept away and I thought it was gonna be ten minutes. It was an hour long. I stayed up and watched the whole thing.
0: I'm so glad you watched that. Um I was I was turned on to that from Rachel Maddow, who I know you don't like. But <laughs> um uh it's not that I don't like well, her politics.
1: I, her her is hard for me.
0: I as well watched that last night. Was that fun? Are you ready for that? Um, yes and also I mean, what's to say? I mean, I feel what Larry Larry Kramer is incredible and also, I think, incredibly complicated. And um, I have a huge amount of uh, gratitude for the work that he did. And, um, uh, and, you know, he was working on a play right now about this plague. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he was... uh, Supposedly, he was working on a play right now about... About this plague coming, and what does that mean? And how do we deal with this completely ineffectual uh, government? Yes, um, that requires it seems like extreme uh, measures to be taken for them to take the lives of their civilians seriously. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, I maybe closed you, my day. Go maybe you'll be tasked
1: with um, writing uh, the rest of the play. For the who? posthumously, Did you say me, yeah, maybe, and in the way that uh, Steven Spielberg finished up AI for Stanley Kubrick.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would be beyond honored, but I'm sure it is uh, gliding into the hands of multiple other people. Who oh,
1: probably the guy who wrote The Inheritance.
0: <laughs> it's it's going it's going to other people who have been on Broadway, not a uh, PS one twenty two, um, but yes, I mean, it's but it's also so. And I, what was also so difficult in it was also feeling how much hasn't changed. I mean, um, the murder of George Floyd. What's happening in Minneapolis? Uh, it feels, uh, you know, racism is exhausting, and this it's uh, it's disgusting. And I loved uh, the Will Smith quote of "This is it's always been like this. It's just now people have cameras." Uh-huh. And that's true. I mean, I didn't love. That quote. It's yeah. just that that's correct, and I mean um, the George Floyd it thing is, is
1: incredibly hideous. It's it's something that we're now unfortunately used to, and you know, for one moment, there's a little bit of redemption this week with that hideous woman in Central Park and the bird watcher, where you know she's actually suffering consequences for acting very well. Badly. What's
0: wild to me is that the man who. I mean, I want all four of those officers to be tried with murder with George Floyd, but the, I mean, the officer should be in jail now. Yes. That he is, if this was, and the mayor uh, uh, said this last night, of if this was a civilian, this person would be in jail. So it's, it is this thing of, it is, it makes no sense. I don't feel, um, I mean, every time it, happens i i i don't it it's it's a continual stabbing it it feels um i saw i don't know if you saw george floyd's sister speak um about her feelings and all of it it's it's heartbreaking it's relentlessly heartbreaking and it's um horrific and uh, you know i'm also in being upstate i can't tell you how many Homes I've driven by that say Trump twenty twenty, um, and isn't it insane that we? So in what and that was the thing I guess my point in seeing Fauci and Kramer, a feeling like these people are all still around. They're these racist, homophobic, misogynist, of course transphobic, violent, evil ignorant people exist and continue to and um, I don't know. I don't
1: Can I I, I make a short public service announcement? Please. If you happen to be listening to this podcast and you voted for Trump or you plan on voting for Trump don't listen to our podcast anymore. We don't accept your listenership. We're not interested in you. And if you're someone who has relatives who voted for Trump, stop talking to them. Threaten them that you will leave their lives, because that is the only thing that might wake them up. This is insane that we're living with someone who is psychologically unwell. I'm sorry, I don't usually have feelings this much about this, but it feels like in the past few weeks, so much absurdity has taken place. I will not stand for people who defend him. It is all indefensible. Okay. That's all I'm going to say.
0: I, and I completely signed my name right under Reed's name on that public service announcement that we just sent to you via this podcast and the, and his extreme, I mean, what's interesting is he did. And Jeremy are talking about this when COVID struck, he didn't use it actually as a way to propel his fascism because he, as many people have said, doesn't have any beliefs. He's, feckless. He just wants to remain in power at all costs. So he knew that his base uh, who, I mean, talk about people who should have been tear gassed and flash bombed. The fact that these white people showing up screaming that they need haircuts were just allowed to do that, screaming into the faces of police officers and people go and riot over the murder of a black man once again by a police officer are tear gassed and flash bombed, it is insane. And it is, he, Trump is a part of the problem, like a giant this part of the problem and this must This isn't go. the
1: world that we should not be living in this world in 2020. These issues should have been at least somewhat resolved. This is not okay anymore. And that we still live in this is, okay, it's just absurd, okay? I've said my piece. It's,
0: it is, it is it's hard. And as, as we know, between the two of us, I can really glide into Justine from Melancholia and just say the world is evil. Um, and, uh, but I want to use my life to be part of the change. Um, I have posted as I've continued to post on my stories, numbers that you can call, uh, to into minneapolis i want to uh, quickly just say them right here uh please call da mike freeman in minneapolis at 612-348-5550 to demand the four police officers who murdered george floyd are charged with murder you can also call 844-278-2934 and demand the same um it's uh, uh those are the and and that is something that i will you know Look at the actions and may we be continually led by uh, warriors like for us in our in terms of AIDS and the, the queer community, Larry Kramer. And um, it does require action. It does require doing something. And may we continue to live our lives to do that. Um, now to glide into our beautiful guest. Um,
1: so, so sorry to our guest for that introduction
0: well i you and i deserve i don't you <laughs> know this is contempt this is current events this is uh, to truly to exist truly, truly. To also to have the idea that the arts exist in some sort of ivory tower bubble above everything else doesn't work
1: yeah
0: the no. the arts are not meant to just entertain like old rich white people while senseless acts of violence happen
1: it's true it's true and and, and i'll just say one thing people have been been giving a lot of attention to this photograph of the seats in the theater where there's all these the seats removed and and raising this question of why is this being allowed when people can still fly on planes which I think is a really interesting question why is it that people can sit side by side for six eight fourteen hours on a plane and they're not going to allow people to sit side by side in a theater if they choose to do so anyways I don't know I'm still trying to wrap my head around that, but that's another food for
0: thought. Well, that is also, I th- and I think we can find out things about that, and that is a huge difference between the arts and the juggernaut of capitalist um, corporations. Why did all these airlines yes. get giant bailouts from the government when none of right. the arts did? It's It's because right. of sheer governmental corporate evil. And... Uh, that as well. I mean, the fact that these airlines were like, we'll only be at 50% capacity and then sold out every seat, you know, it's evil. And our guest, we love, and we, we, we did need to talk about what's going on in the world because arts should be a reflection of at least for me, what's going on in the world. And then also a relief from what's going on in the world so that we can get some breathing room. My scrambled
1: schedule did awaken some feeling. I think you are right.
0: Good. I'm glad. I, 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 I think try, try it again. And I will likewise do the same. But ladies and women, we're about to have Daniel Applebaum, who Reed and I love. I haven't gotten to spend nearly as much time with Daniel as Reed has. But I completely adore this dancer. He's so smart. Um,
1: He's brilliant and talented. And, and watch him tonight on... New York City Ballet's last streaming show for their spring season. You'll see him in at least one of the dances. We know Bartok Ballet, which we're really looking forward to, but tune in. There's going to be many, many excerpts of uh, modern dances. Well, modern ballet. I mean,
0: <laughs> I, let's not go there, but yeah, yes. We could say contemporary ballets. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love the idea of modern ballets. It's like, in this way. Anyhow, ladies and well, gentlemen. Okay. Mother, nowadays, ballets. Nowi- nowadays, <laughs> ballets. That's good. I love that <laughs> phrase. That's really good. Nowadays, ballets. Um, ladies and other, we love you and uh, we loves you and enjoy this uh, chat with Daniel. Okay. Should we go ahead and jump on in? Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, other, we're here with Daniel Applebaum, who is, who is part of the New York uh, City Ballet Center for the Arts. <laughs> um, hi, a uh, now a famously defunct
1: ballet troupe in New York City.
0: <laughs> is someone microwaving
1: something in your
2: apartment? <laughs> We're all banding together now because that's we have no other choice. Delicious. Oh, I hope she's making pizza. What? Marika is. Um, what is she doing? Portland. Hmm. What, what? No, she's actually making ramp butter, and so the butter has been frozen, so she needs to soften it a little bit. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh my god! Fancy pantsy ramp butter. Wow, wow. that's amazing. Ramp eggs
0: right
1: now. <laughs> no, she's Did been going. Did Marga- so no, farmer's market! That yeah. does seem to be the only place you could get a ramp. Yeah, I mean, she's not foraging,
2: so she wants, She's been going to the farmer's market every weekend. I see. We have these pretty wow. flowers everywhere that
1: she gets, so it's nice. Wait, Daniel,
0: where is your apartment? I'm in Count Heights. So,
1: marca does Marka um, walk to the to the Prospect Park? No, she has a she has a
2: bike, and she goes to Prospect Park and the Brooklyn Bridge Borough Hall. Borough. Wow, people are so ambitious. I'm amazed. Biking scares
0: me. Daniel, do you
2: bike? I just started because I have to go to the doctor. I've been injured since the middle of winter season, so I've been having to go to the doctor. And so Mark and I bike in together, and I'm going to go for my first PT session tomorrow. Daniel,
0: so, what so. happened? I tore my now, will it, so Yeah, tell yeah. us about that. Oh, I mean, it's a good, a good
2: time for it to happen, um, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it's been a little bit hard, like, dealing with the rehab and everything, because obviously... It all has to be done remotely, and now they're finally letting people come in and, like, do things, which is good.
1: I love stories of people being like, oh, I had to put my PT on the phone with my boyfriend so then they could learn how to do my physical therapy massage on my body. I'm like, incredible. Everyone's a doctor.
0: (laughs) I am. I am absolutely a doctor. I can absolutely tell you how to take out your stitches or reset a rib cage. Um. No big fascia. deal. Wait. So you tore your planter fascia? How? Um. I think it was just like a long time coming. I've never been injured before
2: majorly. Like I've had little things here and there. So like after 16 years, I think it was kind of just like my time.
0: <laughs> I was thinking that after 16 years of jumping up and down <laughs> on a semi raked, it's not raked at all. Basically yeah. flat shoes. Um, it's fully rigged. The NYC, <laughs> as we all know, the NYCB stage has a uh, 12- The steepest rig in the world. Jack, By the time you get to the Jack back of it. Jack is doing imaginary
1: thinking this evening. I, I, Daniel, I was thinking today that you are one of the most working dancers in New York City Valley. You seem to be in every one of the digital season dances it's, this year. I it think it's incredible. because they're going way back. <laughs> So, no, so, Daniel. Cause I <laughs> No Daniel. No, I missed last night, but yeah. I was
0: in that think,
2: right? Oh, you were you. great
1: in it. You were great in Donizetti. It's a funny ballet. I mean I love it, but it's It's a very weird ballet, I have to say.
0: I kind of am like, what even what even is it? The first time that I was in Donizetti, China. I remember being like <laughs> I remember being like, Well, where's the sushi? And I had to walk all through that store to, like, finally (laughs) finally find it. At Donazetti's? At Donazetti's, which I think is all now closed. I think they closed all the Donazetti's in New York. Every single Donazetti's closed in Manhattan. It's true. Yeah, it was such... I remember going in and being like, I'm just looking for sushi. And they were like, eggplant parmesan? I was like, no, I don't... I'm not eating that right now. I'm going to a rehearsal. I want a riceless sushi. And they're like, well, that's sashimi. And I was like, look, lady... I just want to get some fish and get out of here.
1: Daniel, where are you from? I'm I'm from Maryland. Where are you
0: from? (laughs) I'm from Maryland originally. But I came here... John Waters. Did you grow up in Baltimore?
2: No, I wish. I'd probably be more interesting if I did.
0: I grew up in Potomac. (laughs) Daniel, you're fascinating. I remember the first time I met you, you were wearing Robin eggshell blue nail polish and it was black, but yes. Very. What did you say? I've never worn Robin's eggs. No, blue I wear black nail
1: polish. And Wow. <laughs> I was not. You were wearing blue <laughs> nail polish. Total imaginary thinking today, Jack. You are on a roll. I you- it was at Anthony's dinner party and I was yes. wearing black nail
2: polish for sure. Because I got them done to look and like, I, black I got black them black. done, there was like a green accent and I got them done to look like these Art Deco dishes that I saw. Oh wait, they so had, they a, had green a green accent, accent on them? <laughs> and that's exactly. how they were looking Because through. famously, black <laughs> and green oh, make
0: them <laughs> I knew it, color wheel. I, I had, I, we did it, I already told you well, before oh, started right. we started did like this drive in and out of New York. <laughs> That was, and walked into her apartment to see all the plants dead, and it was just... I think you're in a state of shock for your children. It (laughs) was hard and weird, and also I haven't been back to Brooklyn in a few months, and it just, what I liked was everyone was wearing a mask, um, which is very... (laughs) What I liked was Well, let me tell you what about upstate. There are people who are like, like I went to a very small post office that's up here. There's this sweet little old woman who works at the small post office in Chatham. I was mailing Parker her clothes. And I, this woman's wearing the mask. I'm wearing a mask. They have like the thinnest meat flaps covering the thing. And this young, like strapping guy just walks in with no mask. And he he just is like, I need to pick up my package. And I was like, can you just stand back? Excuse me. (laughs) And I leave, and I'm like, what an asshole. Like, what a douchebag for not wearing a fucking mask. And when there's, like, this fucking woman working here who's, like, you know, older. And then as I was driving back to Parker's on a double yellow line going up a hill, he passed my car. (sighs) Like... At seventy miles an hour and a fifty five and
1: that is one of the rules of the road that Jack does not <laughs> you, know. you don't
0: pass on a double you don't pass on yeah. a double yellow so <laughs> it does know I, that. so anyhow, it was nice to see people in New York being not what it was like when I left, and it was nice to be in my apartment, even though the plants were dead, and then we had to leave and like turn around and come back because I needed to like get this in and. I I was, anyhow, so I'm here, I'm queer, get used to it. So, Daniel, where'd you grow up in Maryland? Potomac. And then my ballet school is in Bethesda.
2: Um, Bethesda. Bethesda. God, that sounds depressing. Well, it's weird, because last night I watched How to Survive a Plague, and all of that happened. So So, sad. I mean, it's an amazing movie, must watch, but like, all of that happened when I was like probably five or six in Bethesda in Rockville, Maryland, which is, like, right where I grew up. It's so strange that just, like, literally 15 minutes away, all of this was happening. It's, it's,
0: that is, it so was sad. all happening while you were, like, yay. Exactly. <laughs> yay. Sketch. Um, I well did, I have been to Rockville, Maryland.
1: You guys, are we in the movie How to Survive
0: a Plague right now, in a way? Movie. In a way. It's like we a so. sequel Except with no, a lot no. less uh, positive but, action. <laughs> this is yeah, this is also like an incredible. This, I don't, I don't want to get into the politics of, and because there is no way to compare what's going on now with what happened with the AIDS crisis, which was completely wrapped up in homophobia, and uh, yes. this, however, does have class warfare in it, certainly, and is absolutely racially tense. But so is AIDS. So, I. I don't want i don't think we need to get into that for daniel's interview unless people want to have you no. really jump off uh political rampage which i know reed will be like make it stop why did i open my mouth <laughs> so we'll just move on
1: so daniel how did you do you like your family was it a place you wanted to stay i mean you're not there for quarantine no so. i mean i i like my family but
2: uh I was re- kind of ready to leave home as soon as I knew that I could leave home, and that was like potentially an option. Like I always. And so was that at six? Basically, uh, like I think it was whenever <laughs> I saw like a movie that like featured a boarding school or something. I was like, oh, I think it was probably Madeline. I was like, oh, they all live together. That's amazing.
1: Oh. I can do that. Wow. And amazing. were you were you um, were you suffering at school? Was that part of it? Um,
2: I think I was, but I think it was more just the fact that I was. Bored and thought that there was something more exciting out there, like a little bit more glamorous or something. You
0: were right, <laughs> Daniel. You were right. <laughs> but also, Daniel, you were like, you know, when as a child who was also picked on. When you're gorgeous and talented, it's just, you know, a hard, a hard road to hoe. <laughs> And one just has to get out. So when did you leave Bethesda? At what age? Uh, Fifteen. And where did for you go? SCB. I went to SAB.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so you finished and high school at PCS or one of those. I did.
0: Yeah. Okay. When you got to New York, oh, you lived in the dorms. I lived in the dorms. Yeah. My grandmother. My you, grandmother was in Queens, though, so she was close by, which was nice. Oh. Yeah. Did she like move you into your dorm? No, she was old. <laughs> my dad like drove me. <laughs> she up, wasn't, she wasn't know, carrying boxes exactly. <laughs> Your dad drove you up to New York, and was it... But you when you auditioned, did you audition in New York? No.
2: My first year, I auditioned in Bethesda, and then um, I got accepted for the summer course, and then the next year, I went and did the audition in New York, and then they asked me to stay during the summer course. So Fancy. it's kind of like how it always goes down, I think.
0: And what was the album you were listening to when you got accepted into the school? <laughs>
2: I think I was actually like, oh, there was a little bit of dread because my parents weren't so on board with it. So I mean, they were supportive, but they were like, oh, you're only 15, why the fuck are you home?
0: But, but, but what was the album you were listening to? Oh, I have no idea. You mean what music was I listening to at yeah. that point?
2: What year was that? 2000. Daniel, what did you think the question no, was? No, I saw that that was but know. I think I was trying to deflect. But he gave me like an album <laughs> because
0: you didn't because you didn't want to like say like, you know, what,
2: so what? No, I'm trying to think. What was I listening to when I was like 14 or 15? Was that like Spice Girls era or was that before?
0: I don't. I don't know. It's also, like, who's... What year who was, was it? Albums 2000? from the year that they're living in. I mean, don't people listen to it. You could have been being, like, I was listening to Rachmaninoff. I don't oh, know. No, I didn't have, have, like, good taste like that when I was a child. I think it was, like, what I was popular. It's not necessarily
1: <laughs> good taste. No, yeah, but okay. When I was 14 or 15, it was definitely, like, Enya, and also, like, Alfred Deller, and then
0: also, like, Samuel I Barber. Was also, yeah, I, mean, I was also... I was really... Creepy read, we do have one Venn diagram on that, which is Samuel Barber. Um, I was listening to Samuel Barber, Hole, PJ Harvey, Tori Amos, and Bjork. <laughs> yeah. So, Daniel, I'm just, I just want to, what I'm trying to picture is as you're auditioning, like you putting like your earbuds in or your headphones on and listening to something to really like gear yourself up for going in front of. That table for your audition.
2: Oh. You know what I did kind of listen to a lot when I was a kid? And I don't know if I was still listening to it at that point, but like I listened to it a lot when I was little was uh the Barbara Back to Broadway album. <laughs>
0: I, so here was what I was really excited about was I was hoping you were going to say Barbra Streisand <laughs> and that was why I said it doesn't have to be something from the time and I did have this weird witchy feeling that you were going to say Barbra Streisand and I don't, I don't know. It. It's
2: weird because like she's not even like my favorite person right now, but as a child I was just like, yes, love this.
0: Don't tell me what to do. Ex- you know. I mean, important. She's
1: important for for young gay men to hear someone so in control of their voice, but then you figure
0: out. Oh, that she's listening to it now, the arrangement and the production
2: is so like cruise shippy. Yeah,
0: you know what is really good? Well, except it's not on Broadway. It's at Carnegie Hall is Judy at Carnegie. I mean, wow, that's really. Oh, I love good that. Talk about iconic. I actually didn't listen to Barbra Streisand until or really even see Funny Girl or have a sense of Barbra Streisand until 2017. Wow. So, I did my it took me I did my Barbra era when I was like 22 in
1: Columbus, Ohio. Wow. Cuz I found I found all her films at the public library and at I thought, the "Oh, public she's talented." Library. Yes, I would get videos from the public library and watch like Yentl, Right. You
0: know. Right. I didn't see that. <laughs>
1: and also like uh, uh on a clear day you can see the forever you can literally um daniel did you have a fun time at the school of american ballet or was it fraught with anxiety
2: i was like an anxious person i'm very competitive so oh. If, oh dear it wasn't great i mean i had a lot of really good friends and who? i think that that um <laughs> who was I, <laughs> I was really close to the, Evelyn Kosak, who was in Pennsylvania Ballet, Marka Anderson, Ezra Hurwitz, I was close yes, with love. for years. Uh, cool girl. Coco group. Gonzalez, who just as a, graduated as a PA now. So wow! Oh, look, Lonnie Brown. Forgot about her. She has a baby now and she's in med school. Wonderful. Well, I just Johnny heard now I now. heard
1: her name mentioned this morning because apparently she used to be very funny as the comic girl in Donna Zetti. Oh, she was great. There you go, Jack. There's a part in Donna Zetti where a girl comes out and does like this strange point work where she keeps slamming her toes into the floor until at a certain point she's just like
0: ow and she picks up her foot and she's like ow (laughs) who who choreographed it balanchine (laughs) oh and but does the does the dancer actually say ow they they grab their foot like in pain and then they apologize and
2: curtsy
1: to the audience kind of wow very
0: robbins yeah I Like, that sounds like such a Robin's moment. Or is it the other way around? <laughs> exactly. Because Donna's <laughs> daddy's super old, so... Donna's Eddie's super old. It was made in 1992. I <laughs> mean... <laughs> <laughs> Ancient! <laughs> um, wait, so Daniel, you're at the school, you're competitive, and you're anxious. What's your sun sign, your rising, and your moon? Capricorn. Um, sun is... I'm
2: Capricorn sun, rising. I think I'm Gemini... And then moon, I'm
0: Sagittarius. Oh my God. Oh, like, that's so <sighs> wild. Well, your moon is a super fire, like Miley Cyrus <laughs> moment is Sagittarius. You're right. I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, okay. Yeah. Daniel. But what's your moon read? Do we know? Uh, no, I, we
1: don't know what time uh, I was born. Cause as mom we know, like, our mother, rah. the mom doesn't, she doesn't have documents.
0: No, she was like, where's my <laughs> quaaludes? Um, I gotta get this baby <laughs> out. You're rising. Definitely <laughs> come off like a Gemini for sure. But it's that Capricorn that's given you a career because, you know, you've climbed exactly. up the mountain.
2: Capricorns are famously yeah.
0: Capro. <laughs> well, they're famously yeah. driven. And also when they have, I mean, our friend Stuart Singer is a Capricorn. And when they have... Lindsay, last oh, week's yes. guest, also Oh my God. But such a struggle with, with what it's going to be. Um, so, so you you, and then do, what was your feeling when you got in the company? Oh, it was, like, the best day ever. What I mean, wait, that's that? a lie.
2: It was amazing, but then I had, like, this weird interaction with my mother because she was super, I think, stressed about me kind of becoming independent and, like, staying away and not coming back home ever.
0: So... Do you have siblings? I have an older brother. Oh, so you're the baby.
2: I'm the baby, exactly.
0: So so she was like, Laura, you have to come back. Your glass <laughs> exactly. imagery is So waiting I think that, you, like... Laura. <laughs> the reality of that was difficult for her. So
2: that moment actually was kind of hard. And then that whole apprentice year was super rough. And my two of, like, my best friends did not get into the company. They were also apprentices, and that was super rough. So it wasn't like, I didn't feel really comfortable until probably, like, my second or third year in the company.
1: And then you, you've you always been so incredibly present on stage since you joined oh, the company. You. That must, that must... Well, it's yeah, literally everybody true. Everybody knows Daniel Applebaum. Oh, my God. <laughs> no,
0: but but it's the actual, oh, tr- it's the actual oh, truth that you have, You're... Generally and them. Um, so the first couple years were weird. And then what was it that turned for you in the third year? Just making friends?
2: No. I mean, I always had friends. It wasn't that. It was more just like, I think that I was super stressed about how my dancing would be perceived and like not feeling like I was able to just like do what I know I could. And there was just like one moment where I got thrown onto a ballet where I was just like, this is not what you're doing. Like what you're doing so just like fuck it and just do whatever you want. And then after that, it was kind of like fine.
0: What wow. ballet was it?
2: It was a ballet that I don't adore. Um, it's called deschamps It's a Peter Martin's Ballet. But it was a really nice
0: opportunity for me at, like, that point, so. I was so hoping you were going to be like, oh, I have a ballet, it's kind of hard, it's the okay. moderation. No. <laughs> I just, like, got jumped out in the... That is not in my room. the ballerina <laughs> role, and like, the prima role, actually, I had to go out on stage. I,
1: I have a question, Daniel, and I don't know if it's, like, too... Political or too complicated, but during, you know, the first years you were in the company, the Peter Martins era, did you feel there was like a kind of intrinsic uh, push against homosexual dancing style in New York City ballet?
2: Well, without like naming names, absolutely. I think that there was kind of like a way that was expected to be to present yourself. And I'm not sure, it's definitely shifted now, even when Peter was still around, it had shifted so that, like, I feel like you could dress a little bit more like the way you actually wanted to dress and, you know, wear nail polish. That was definitely, like, not a thing at the beginning of our time in the company. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, like, one story where we were rehearsing this ballet, and I can't say the ballet because then you'll know who the ballet master is. But, um, essentially, like, we were like supposed to run and we were running and he stopped like really, really angry and basically started like mincing around and telling us that that's what we looked like. It was like shocking.
0: I mean the way that femme phobia, I, I, I only go ahead. Sorry. I mean, I, I think the way that femphobia has existed in most traditional forms is very clear and something that we've been wrestling with for a long time. I mean, certainly when Judith Butler wrote Gender Trouble, that is a long time ago now. But it's, it's interesting how long it took even in a place that I think people uh, who outside of New York who might be hearing this podcast would feel surprised by. That at a place that's supposedly the tip of the arrow of ballet and experimentalism, that, that one would be confronted with phenophobia like that. And in such a volatile, uh, you know, really HR-worthy way. And
1: I I mean, I only
0: ask, Daniel, because
1: I feel like you're a part of this group of male dancers in the company that can kind of transcend this plain neutralness that's kind of associated with, like, normative male dancing. And you can lean into a kind of extravagance that I feel is encouraged more in female dancers and so I, I, I often think, I wonder if for dancers like that, if they feel there's some pressure to push that part of themselves away in order to move up in the company. Well, but I think
2: that I, that was definitely like part of what I was talking about my anxieties at the beginning was I think I was definitely singled out by, like, uh, by that same ballet master for being um, gay and for like yeah. dancing a, maybe a little bit like what you're saying. And I remember there was this one time where he, like, gave an air First of all, in company class, like, the the arms that the teacher gives rarely matter. Like, people will just do whatever they want to do. And that's just kind of, like, what happens. But he gave an arabesque, and I guess he wanted it to be, like, over the hand like this. And instead, I did something like that just because I think I just misunderstood. And he, like, stopped and just, like, went into me about how, like, that was foresight And, like, we're not doing that now. And I was like... This is a position. This is fully (laughs) an A.L.J. position. It is not, like, out of the realm of, like, classical ballet. And so.
1: Wow. uh, Did you say that back? No,
2: I should have. But, I mean, at that time, like, I didn't have the
1: wherewithal. Right. Well, I think it's really, I do feel like even in the last ten five years in New York City Ballet, there's been a real change and more openness to you know, different ways of present, pre- presenting oneself as a dancer in the company, both socially and on stage, which I think is incredibly encouraging.
2: Yeah, I think that it's boring to try to emulate. And I think like a lot of people, I don't know, in my opinion, a lot of people try to kind of look like Peter because, you know, he was a famous dancer and obviously he was a director. And I think that, Obviously, like, he would demonstrate a lot, and he was a great mover, and so you would, it would kind of naturally just seep in through osmosis. It wasn't, I don't think, necessarily even consci- conscientious, but he did have kind of this, like, overly macho swagger that just looked really odd on so many people, and I feel like that kind of took away from, like, the actual product, in my opinion, but.
1: Yeah. It's it's sort of disingenuous for some people, but on him it makes sense. Oh yeah, sense I don't think that, that was... he was putting anything on. I think that's exactly who he was and like he oh,
2: no.
1: Yeah. Well anyways, Terrible. I'm glad you were able to speak on that, frankly. Thank you very much. Um and Daniel, you've recently been promoted to soloist. When did that happen?
2: That was I think all like it was a year ago this fall. So is that right? Yeah. So that was very nice and very unexpected.
1: And what, it, what does it mean for you as a dancer in the company? Do you, do, you, do you get forced out of a lot of the roles that you normally were doing?
2: I think what it meant for me initially was just, like, the hope that there would be more. And, yeah, I definitely had a season where I was dancing a lot less. But I remember talking with Justin about it, and he was kind of like, you know, there's going to be ups and downs now. It's just, like, a different trajectory now. And especially as someone who's, like, an older soloist... I don't know, I didn't really, like, get a lot of, like, standard rep. It was a lot of new stuff that was nice. My more feature future stuff was, like, newer stuff that wouldn't necessarily come back. So it doesn't feel like there's always, like, kind of that standard stuff that I know is going to come back around to lean back on, which feels a little precarious. But. I
0: mean, but didn't that also feel exciting to want... Oh, no. I mean, to be wanted Absolutely,
2: absolutely. But it's also kind of, like, it does in. feel, like, a little bit, yeah. like, I have to be the one to,
0: like, make
2: sure... I keep getting cast in those things, or else, like, am I gonna dance?
0: <laughs> Daniel, you look so sunny. You, you sunny. really do. Just, like it's you. hot. I think it's just it a is. flush.
1: <laughs> um, this is going to be boring for you, probably, because I've heard you talk about it not only in real life but on other podcasts. But um, you were involved in the performance of "Times Are Racing when you and Taylor performed. What had traditionally been danced as a male female duet, but as a male male duet, and everybody went all wild for it. did you describe that experience?
2: Um, yeah, Justin texted me because I had performed the part before with um, Tyler Pack, and Taylor had done the role that Justin originated before many times. So we had both been in the ballet a lot, and I got a text from Justin that was like, "Can you do this with Taylor?" And I was like, jokingly sent back, "Like, well, I can do anything but the press," and then. I think that kind of whatever I don't think he thought that was very funny, but he was like, "No, seriously." And so then I had to like actually like think about it, and I was like, "Yeah, of course I can do it." And so we went back into the studio, and he kind of just like looked at it and felt like rejiggered it so that it wasn't you know one person supporting the other person the whole time. It was a little bit more of a you know like a queer experience where like there isn't necessarily one dominant one that leads right. the whole time. It was versatile. Exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. it was a totes <laughs> versatile
2: moment. And then right. so. The performance is like definitely a blur because that all just like happened and was amazing, and I still like can remember the audience cheering. But I remember the first time where I was like, "Oh, this is like really cool." The First time we did it in the studio because we had already been rehearsing it. We were we were only rehearsing like separately. And I remember it was, I think Andrew Scordato was just like burst into tears during it, and I was like, "This is amazing!" Like
1: that's so great. What a milestone for the New York City Ballet, and um, yeah, you know, like slowly dredging themselves up from the mud of antiquity (laughs) into the present (laughs) um and i mean
2: yeah it's like hard because you can't do that with agon but like what can you do and i think that that's interesting that justin is thinking about those things
1: yeah well he he's here to allow it which is nice
0: well you could do it with agon i
2: mean you you could but i think that I don't know, in my opinion, like, I think that there is an element of point work that, like, you'd have to have a guy who had been training the same way as a woman who trains on point. You can't just, like, slap our shoe at 18 and expect to be as good as someone who's been doing that right. when they were
0: 10. Right,
2: right,
1: right. Unless you're James Whiteside, True. you can kind of sort of do it. It's weird.
0: <laughs> James yeah. can, James, well, and there you go, like, the James can be the Gelsie walking across the quad, <laughs> you know, walking past the fountain to be like, knock, knock, knock. Hey, mm-hmm. I, can, you mind if I dance here for a while?
1: Well, we were just speaking about times of erasing, and I, they're gonna show an excerpt from that, are they not, on Friday? Yeah, they're showing the dance with Justin and Okay, Robbie, and believe. do you know what part of Bartok Ballet they'll be showing? I have no idea. So, so
0: And they're only gonna show an excerpt of Bartok Ballet? Yes, they're showing yeah. ec- excerpts of a million things. Oh, New York City Ballet, just show the whole thing. I think it honestly has to do
2: with like, they don't film all of everything all the time, and I think even if they do film all of everything, like the camera gets blurry, they don't like get a shot. It's shaky. So I just think, like in terms of like videography, it's not always acceptable. I don't think that they're like I live. I don't think
0: it's yeah. The most famous <laughs> ballet companies in the world, and it's like we just don't have a whole documentation. <laughs> they of do, dance, but not presentable really. for TV. Well, no, they, they
2: have a whole one, but yeah. And also, like, because those are all filmed like for advertisements. We obviously have, like, archival stuff, but they can't really show that it would look weird because I don't know, like... It's not, like, filmed in a way that's exciting. Like, it's just, like, flat and straight on, and it's for archival purposes. It's not for, like, public consumption.
1: So we, we don't know if we're going to see Daniel Applebaum in the excerpts of Bartok Ballet. I am fairly certain we'll see Indiana do her solo. I think that's a part of the offerings. Oh, then I will be um, that because but- that's... In the same movement, yes.
0: Oh, amazing. Thank God. Um... Daniel, what was your experience of bar talk with Pam?
2: Um, I loved it. I loved working with her. It was really hard mentally to kind of work in that way, especially work in a way that's not, that is related to music, but not um, necessarily driven by the music beforehand. The music kind of, um, the relationship with the music is obviously very much there and very real. But it's not, um, it's not like a tandem bike, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of meet each other, like, on the path. And so that was, like, very, very hard for me to, at first, wrap my head around.
1: That was beautiful, Daniel. Can I say that to Pam one day? She's going to love that. Oh, of course.
0: Well, she can just listen to the podcast.
1: She does, uh, <laughs> it's not like a tandem bike. You're just meeting on the path.
0: Beautiful.
1: Beautiful. I'm going to write that down because, you know, I get
0: everything. <laughs> I'll just tell Pam to tune in. Um, I'll just send her a text. Uh, so and then in terms of the, in in terms of a divergence for you, wait, have, you I've you've been in moves, I had moves, yeah, yeah. So I, do you feel do you feel any relationship between those two pieces? Um,
2: that's hard. I think that they're both telling stories in a very abstract way. Like I remember listening to the episode that Pam did with you guys about Bartok and how like she said like she called like my, Daniel's character like she used the word character. I was like, oh, that's super interesting. Like there is some in her mind, maybe some type of like narrative or arc for these individuals. And I definitely think that that is true for Moose as well.
0: Um, when you, uh, if, if you think back on your, in terms of the ballets you've danced, do, could you say the three that you most love? Probably not. But like, I can say the
2: ones I probably like cherish the most. Or probably, yeah. well, I have to say four, I think. Um ugh. Or five.
0: Or maybe you could say ones that you're really looking forward to dancing again once you've rehabbed and were out of uh, the pandemic.
2: I think that the two I'd most like to do again would probably be Emeralds and Liebesliederwalzer. waltzer.
0: Mm.
1: Amazing. <laughs> um, wow, we didn't know you were so romantic, Daniel. <laughs> so romantic. I
2: don't really feel, I don't know. It's something about, it's like, waltzing is the best thing. And Liebeslieder, I got to dance with Lauren King, who's probably my favorite partner. Mm. And
1: Libus Leder became like my favorite bouncing dance about five years ago Suddenly I was it's like, oh, it's favorite. literally the best, most genius one It is unbelievable It's perfect It is so beautiful And it's so nice to be inside of it, you
2: know what I mean? Because you yes. really just feel like you're in this little mm-hmm. world together and you are really dancing for each other, which is so rare. I think in a ballet, it's much less frontally oriented because right. the feeling is you're just in there with these right. other people. And even when you know the second section happens, and they put the shoes on, and we're not sitting alongside, it's like it just feels like it's a dream that's happening inside your mind. And right. and at the end when we all come back out and applaud the pianist, and having the musicians there <laughs> is so nice. I'm a crying. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Because when we applaud them, it feels real. You know what I mean? It feels like we actually are. I don't, I don't know. know. It's
0: silently yeah. applauding in white gloves. There's well, there's definitely there's definitely an an intimacy to it Absolutely. inside of its grandeur, and the kind of that seam of something very grand yet something very that actually has a lot of sentimentality to it feels so much. Like a kind of heart of Balanchine, right? Yeah. I mean that you're you are dealing with something very classical, and at the same time, this idea of love and the expression of love vis yeah. dance. Okay, so wait, I think, so it was yeah. Leibis
1: leader very romantic. And then, what are some other hits for you? Oh, Times mm-hmm. Racing, absolutely. Yeah, big, deal. Um, I, big deal. I love
2: doing Rodeo, the Five Boys, and that.
1: my god so good Um,
2: and yeah I mean like I hope I get to work with Pam again I hope I get to work with Justin on new stuff I think that that really drives me like honestly like working with people who I feel like that I've created good work with already and like kind of getting excited about seeing what's next and what the possibilities are and like where we could go from
1: there you know I think that there's a really good energy at New York City by right now a lot to do with Justin because it is like a time where it feels like a place of really like focused creation, like maybe it once did. And that's great to really like have this person that is outputting so much for the company to have.
0: Yeah, and also hopefully in terms of the, of Justin's influence and also Wendy that there can be more experimentation. Oh, absolutely. uh, With the form than there has been to date. So I think that that having, you know, this, I, of, it's wild for me to think of, and it's funny that that ballet master ragged on Bill, but like thinking of a Herman Schmerman happening now or, you know, some that, not that, but you know, what that would be for us now in 2020, yeah, you know, something that startling and, um, uh, which for me was so much in seeing bar talk ballet. I mean, it really it shook me as you know, Daniel, since you've heard the podcast, I've talked about it a million and one times.
1: I had a, as one of the dancers who was in the room, I was curious if though you had a very positive experience, I wonder, was there some resistance in the room towards the style amongst, because there were many dancers yeah. in the piece. So, and I can't imagine, I it must've struck some people as quite foreign. I mean, I think it, did, it struck a lot of us as very
2: foreign, but I um, the ballet master was Glenn Keenan, and she's a, v- a very good judge of character, I would say. I mean, I'm, I'm biased, I'm friends with her, <laughs> but uh, she's a very good friend. But I think that, you know, she was good at kind of helping Pam curate a room that was open to
0: that, that wouldn't be kind of, like, stifled by maybe people who... <laughs> um, what is your... Now that you are in <laughs> this time of... Uh yeah, active rest. Uh, what have what have you been doing the last couple of months?
2: A lot of like rehab and PT stuff, which is super boring. I've been watching a lot of movies. I've been cooking a lot. Um,
1: Name some movies. We love. Movies. Oh, have you seen Queen Margo? <laughs> oh
2: yes,
0: La Ren. Of course. <laughs> uh, it was so good. I'd never seen it. And and I saw. With yeah, yeah, Johnny. I mean it's it deserves to be has really, It a, has really it has some yeah. really good uh, male frontal her. nudity, which was nice. It does. because I was again and a I mean, library also, rental I mean, so you know at that age <laughs> important. And it gets to end with, you know, with Sarah Mearns holding someone's head at the end, a decapitated head <laughs> at, the, at the end of it. It's great. <clears> yeah. Yeah, I mean the faces in that movie. Like everyone was
2: gorgeous. Gorgeous! Have you,
0: Daniel, have you seen another a Johnny uh, incredible feature called Possession? No, I haven't. Do you need to see that? I highly recommend. I'll I'll text you. I'll text you some some movies. What else have you been watching? Um, I world?
2: loved uh what is it called? I saw In the Mooch for Love for the first time, which I loved. It's
0: <sighs> so good. Love.
2: Oh I my seen god. That. So um,
0: beautiful. What was good one?
2: I saw Palm Beach Story, which was like really good, and then Mary Astor came on the screen and I was like, oh this is like really
1: good. <laughs> I don't know this movie. What's Palm Beach Story? Palm Beach
2: Story is with uh, Claudette Colbert and Mary Astor, and Claudette Colbert plays this woman who's trying to divorce her husband, and she—they're both in New York, and it's too expensive to get a, to get a divorce in New York, so they take a train to Palm Beach where it's cheap to divorce, or she does, and on the way she meets a millionaire. Oh.
0: <laughs>
2: and then Mary Astor plays a millionaire's sister. It's great. Wow.
1: Oh fun. What a, that is really fun.
2: Yeah, I love an old movie. An
0: old one, a black and white
1: one. Oh,
2: I saw that we Mark and I watched The great. What is the it's great? It. It's it's a new
1: Hulu show oh. with Elf Oh, I want to watch
0: that. Oh, yeah. It's
1: about Catherine the it's Great, great It it's was really funny.
0: good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um and reading anything? I was reading a P.D. James book, a mystery,
2: and that kind of just fell by the wayside. So, yeah. I'm writing another article for Opera News. Oh, right, that's that's
1: fun. I really wrote that down to talk to you about. Daniel is contributing (laughs) actual articles to Opera News. So, speak to us about that, Daniel. When did that start, and how? Um,
2: I was introduced to the editor of Opera News, F. Paul Driscoll, by Anthony
1: Roth. You should all follow FPD's Instagram. Oh, it's so good. It's the best. He introduces you to all kinds of like public figures every day like randomista it's so good it's the best it is absolutely the best um and
2: so I became very good friends with him and then one day he was kind of just like do you want do you think you want to write something and I was like I don't know I've never written that before and so I talked it over with him and Anthony we kind of settled on I should write an interview like that's a good place to start and so I interviewed Zach Winneker about Mm -hmm. his new company American Company. and then since then i've done some like pieces about costumes and like uh opera education movement opera uh movement education for opera singers i'm writing one right now which is about uh the music
0: people are listening to in quarantine so it's mostly interview focused wait you wrote that's so cool you wrote an interview on movement education for opera singers
2: yeah there's this one great teacher at manhattan school of music her name is ashley putnam And she started a course, and she was a great soprano, but she was also very famous for kind of just, like, the way she was on stage. So she started a course, like, teaching people how to, like, get from point A to point B in a skirt and a heel. And, you know, how to, like, not just act, but how to, like, orient yourself to the front and how to, like, use your hands correctly and, like, how to, like, take take in the space and understand, like, where you are. And I observed the class, and it was amazing. And so...
0: Oh, I want to read that article because I teach acting to the vocal arts program, it's the graduate uh oh, Stephanie's, Stephanie's stephanie 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 yeah. wait you should I love stephanie.
1: stephanie i mean stephanie
2: is doing mm-hmm. just fine i think she has an interview coming up so
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah she has a cover so, like, right? you know, <laughs> but daniel when this is all over you should come up and and do something with the program up here. I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, I would love that. I'm sure Stephanie would love that. And Kayo, have you met Kayo, who runs the program with Stephanie?
2: No, I think I went to, I was at some, like, because the opera, uh, the, the master's program has some, like, monthly, or they used to, they don't anymore, like, monthly, like, salon kind of thing, where they do, like, concerts or something. So I went to one of those, so I might have met her there. You
0: month. might have... Yeah, well they used to, they used to have some in the city and then some up here and it's a little different. The structure's a little different now. But and now, I mean, I don't know what it'll be. Have you been watching Stephanie's Instagram songs? Of course, with her ukulele. Oh my god, I love. Oh, so yes, good. yes, yes. Stephanie is a is a real oh. is a real heart and also and Stephanie's drag king. Oh, I, I saw that Arizona. show. It was amazing. It was so Incredible. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really incredible. When Stephanie first told me about that, I was blown away. And that's oh, you so guys,
1: I just got sad. I got sad that we're not... I love going to fittings and Daniel comes in and then he looks <laughs> amazing in a costume. And then I got sad because that I doesn't know. happen right now. That
0: is not happening right now, Reed. You're correct.
1: We will post... I'll post pictures of Daniel wearing two different Bartok ballet leotards, neither <laughs> of which he got to wear in the piece because... Pam made a choice that one of the leotards should not appear, and unfortunately it was Daniel's. I was
2: very sad about that because I love that gold leotard. And now it's just oh, gone forever.
1: beautiful.
0: Oh, I'll take oh, it. I know, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear it in something. Castoffs. Um, so, and then your roommate, speak to us about your roommate. Mark Anderson, we've been best
2: friends for years, and, um, about how long ago was it like five years ago six years ago
0: we've been here for seven years now oh shit going into seven
2: so this is going into our seventh year so this is probably the longest i've ever lived anywhere
0: um and so wow and that's a fireplace behind you doesn't work unfortunately
2: i know um so Mm -hmm. yeah we were both kind of in transition and we're like let's save money let's move in together and then we found the same place I was already in Burnhill Hill and she was on the Upper West Side, but she kind of wanted to get away from the Upper West Side. And so we moved farther into Brooklyn to Crown Heights. And yeah, it's just like a great dynamic because we know kind of each other's vibes and when we need to be together and when we don't need to be together. And um, she's your sister. We both share a lot. Exactly. And we both share like a lot of interests and. We're both
1: really good at cooking, so. But Mark is also a fashion icon. She fashion is. A, icon. Mark is a full fashion
2: icon, yes. Oh, wow. She is <laughs> look a, at a full, full fashion. Fashion. <laughs> 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 That's her, that's her like casual, I'm biking in the park look. totally like vest on biking on top, in oh my God. Wait, Slaves put of New York. Her vest
0: on Can today? you imagine? <laughs> it was so hot. Oh yeah,
2: Marca has, so has a summer. She has a summer fur her, Jack. I mean, summer fur her here. But it was yeah.
0: all, when I was there briefly, I was like, wow. Oh yeah,
2: it's been getting muggy, but you guys,
1: it's fluff, freezing but. in Los Angeles. Can I just say I'm shivering in my flip flops? <laughs> and then,
0: and Daniel, what about uh, who are you dating? Oh no, I'm. Right Stop. Now. You don't have to do that. Why not? <laughs> well, that's Basically. a good. That's good. Thing for people also, to know. right now
2: it's like.
1: Are are, uh, you, are, are are you It's an ideal time. to is, it really like is. to tell you what.
2: Um not immediately because of, right. you know, certain
0: circumstances. Right. Are you open to it out of in all your... our control. <laughs> well,
2: I'm definitely open to that. Like I definitely went through a phase where I was just like not like I had been dating and I was just like this is not working. I just need to like do me for a little bit, which was great. Completely. Um so now I'm definitely more open to it, but also the signs all point to just stay single kind of right now
0: (laughs) well you know at for right now absolutely though we did have a guest on our live show this past week who was able to figure it out somehow i don't know there's ways to social distance uh i'm sure but i just don't have have the energy to do that
2: right now that seems it's too
1: problematic i mean imagine you like You talk to someone on
0: an app, and then you go for a walk, and then what? You know what I mean? And then what? And then you both stay in your apartments for two weeks, and then you get to kiss.
2: (laughs) 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 But that wasn't bad. That's just two weeks wasted.
1: (laughs) But what is what is two
0: weeks in quarantine? Truly, it's meaningless. I also have to say, New Yorkers all all have to calm down. Like everyone needs to go slower. Every every this is the real everybody just thought you were gonna talk about. Today
1: today I spent an hour and a half with Russell on FaceTime making bagels, if you can imagine. How's that? I can't. It was fun. We really we talked, we laughed, (laughs) we laughed, we laughed, we laughed, laughed, and then we, we both had our struggles with bagel making, which are now asleep in the refrigerator till tomorrow morning when we'll resume our conversation. And boil the bagels and. Bake I haven't them. boiled yet. Okay, I don't know. I
0: don't do. No boiling. I don't do many
1: bread things. There. No, me
0: neither. Oh, speak. Speaking of opera news, though, are you doing any writing then during choir? Where you're viewing any operas and writing on them, etc. Um, uh, I'm not. I've
2: never done any criticism. I've tuned into some of the Met streams. I watched the Met uh, live. One was fantastic, but yeah, I don't. I love opera, but I don't know enough about it to speak on it, I think, like intellectually. <laughs> like I, I don't see myself myself like getting into criticism. If whatever I do, it would be like in a long time.
1: Right. Well, are you are you one of the uh, college people in New York City ballet? No. No? I know. I should have done That's it, okay. but it just kinda didn't happen, you know.
0: Um, you guys, my phone is at one percent. Then it is it is time and my phone is on fire. So, <laughs> so it is time to go. But Danny, we love you so much. And in terms of, if you were to think of like your next, once your fascia is healed and once Foch, out of the pandemic, fascia. if you were to say like, what do you, what would you like me to say, Reed? Oh, I love fascia? it, yeah, fascia.
1: No, but I like you okay. to say fascia, um, to be
0: honest. Uh, What is, what are some, what are five things that you are looking forward to? Um. In the next five years. Oh,
2: the next five years. Because yeah, we never know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Five guys, things if five, in five, five guys years. Guys, during this, I want you to carry on without me. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, I will. I guess I'd have to say what? I don't know. I miss the stage. I miss going to performances for sure. I miss being an audience member, and I miss that entire experience. I miss dancing with my colleagues and for audiences. I miss restaurants so much. Um, I miss like the ability to kind of just easily breeze by somebody on the street, like in close proximity because you have, you're in a fucking hurry and like have to get somewhere and that it is crazy now how like much you have to slow down. And do I have to think of one more? with those guns?
0: Yes. Just off the top of your head, anything magic. I
2: guess not worrying about killing somebody if I want to go have sex. Yeah. (laughs) That's a big one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That all that all sounds good. That all sounds that all sounds really good. That
1: was an absolute delight. I have to say. Oh, thank you. This was so fun. And tune in tonight to NYCB's last streaming for uh, the season.
0: So good to see you. I am going to text you you some movies. Oh, I'd love that. Ladies and gentlemen, we loves you. Please tune in. Tune into our YouTube channel. Like, click, subscribe, and go to dance and stuff, and put some money in the tip jar to help us out these days. (laughs) No, that's it, that's it, that's it. Now you can hit stop and uh) oh.